0: They screwed me knowing two weeks ago how this week was going to go. So tomorrow I go in from 10 to 6, and then I have an hour and 15-minute drive to go check into my hotel in Milwaukee, because then I have Schluter training the next two days. Um, So then I'm back in Friday. I think I open, which the Schluter training ends between 5 and 6, and it's an hour and a half drive back.
1: Oh, God. (laughs) Who planned this?
0: You know, I work with stupidity, and hence why I don't want to work with stupid anymore.
1: Is that also why you haven't wanted to record an episode with me the last few weeks?
0: <laughs> Two best
1: of friends. You think we're still going to hang out after what you just did to me? You are lying. I want that on yeah. record that you're done. Who think they know football? I will not listen to any slander against the great name of Ezekiel Elliott. I think you're an idiot. Bring you
0: unprecedented
1: access to the NFL world. I look like I normally do. I'm a freaking moron. Let's be real. Fitzpatrick is a beautiful man.
0: Because here, it's real football by real fans.
1: We don't do smart here. It's a multi dollar production, I'll say that.
0: The 2M football show starts now nah.
1: um oh actually before we Uh-oh. get started I forgot uh-huh. about the first thing first thing on the docket and I almost forgot it Matt I feel like we haven't recorded an episode since last year I will hang this
0: up right now and you will record another solo episode I
1: swear to God <laughs> oh man we've been trying to um, do this what is it? Two weeks in a row we ended up canceling. but Yeah, life sucks. Here we are. (laughs) I'm actually glad. It would have been tough to record uh, last week with everything going on with the Damar Hamlin situation, which we'll touch on. But that was a real downer and made it not, you know, put things in context and priority a little bit.
0: I mean, I do feel like that, you know, that week of silence for respect as we waited. I hear things are much better and things are yeah. improved. So thank goodness for that. But right. that uh, I think we owed that to him.
1: Totally. Because yeah. it's
0: not often we see something that we see nasty hits. But I mean, the last one I can remember besides two of this year was the Brian Shazier hit several years ago. Oh,
1: sure. Yeah.
0: Um. I don't want to call it a fun fact, but they said uh, they think Paul Brown Stadium is cursed.
1: Did you hear this theory? No. Do tell. So
0: the Brian Shazir, the Tua tungle incident, the DeMar Hamlin incident, and there were two additional massive hits in the past, like 10 years that have led to those types of injuries, have all occurred at Paul Brown Stadium.
1: Is it on like a Native American burial ground or something?
0: I don't know, but it was really weird that, that all those hits that we remember, like, all those massive, like, devastation, career-ending hits all occurred on that
1: field. Wow. Spooky. Um, um, yeah. but, but, yeah, like you alluded to, much better news on on DeMar Hamlin now. And, you know, we've had a – I mean, the scariest thing about that hit was that it looked completely normal, right, completely innocuous. You see that 100 times a game. It, but anyway, that's getting ahead of uh, myself a little bit. So today, now that we're back, we'll discuss some headlines. Uh, can't really call it news or at least not breaking news. It's news that we haven't discussed yet. And I do want to talk about with you. So some of it's going back a couple of weeks now. Talk about some of that. We'll discuss a couple of the week 18 games from yesterday and Saturday. Um, go over the playoff brackets. Now that that's all set, make some predictions review the wild card games in depth and since we haven't talked about it on the show yet uh, we'll discuss how our fantasy season ended uh yeah so that's all in store for today wow let's do it it's gonna be a busy episode yeah so let's um yeah so let's let's go back to uh, Demar damar hamlin for a minute it's a bit, i don't know if I doubt there's anybody who's not aware of, of what happened there at this point. I actually wasn't even watching that game. I, I forget what was going on with the – I was going to blame the kids as usual again. I don't, I don't remember what was happening. but um, That sounds
0: like a good idea. I like that point.
1: It, it was just uh, hearing that the game had been paused temporarily at first, and then, you know, quick social media search didn't take long to find out what had happened. And it was Bill's safety Damar Hamlin, after making what looked like a, like I said, a very routine – tackle on, on Bengals wide receiver T Higgins, he got up after the tackle, stood for a minute, and then just, just went back down completely limp, uh, immediately surrounded by training staff. And they actually administered CPR on the field, which is something that I don't know if that has ever been required before. Um, and an ambulance took him to a local hospital where luckily, and that was a week ago, a week ago Monday, right? I think so. And luckily his his condition has steadily improved. Uh, Since then, to the point that they've taken out the breathing tube, he's awake, you know, and and, um, he was watching the Bills game and live tweeting it from the hospital bed yesterday with his family. So that was great to see because it was a really scary couple of days there where it really seemed like, you know, life was in the balance.
0: I saw a little clip that was a athletic doctor that was explaining what they believe had happened and it's very freaky because they said that the circumstances to have this happen are like the stars and planets have to align for this to be potential but it seems like he took the shoulder to his chest which startles you right it creates that concussive yeah. force right, right on a downbeat of the heart Wow! and that's what sent him into what I believe they've confirmed was cardiac arrest.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: So the doctor said it's one of those situations that you read about when you're studying sports medicine. That's a thing that could happen, but you've only ever seen it in a textbook. Yeah. Um, because uh, there was nothing outside the norm of that tackle. Everything was done correctly. It was just the timing and everything aligned perfectly to create a nightmare scenario. Wow.
1: Well, yeah. And it was uh, pretty scary for a while, and honestly, very emotional to watch. But you know, we're in a much—he's in a much better place now, and uh, and luckily, we we're able to see some normalcy uh, return to the, the league with the weekends games. So, uh, yeah, so that that's all great news there. And now that we've gotten that part out of the way, we can talk about happier things like people losing their jobs.
0: <laughs> yeah, because that's what we're all about here: good times, happy, fun, fun. I don't but, uh, agree with some of this, but let's go.
1: Yeah, it was a couple weeks ago now, but the Broncos did fire Nathaniel Hackett, the first-year head coach, uh, after their 51-14 demolition on Christmas Day at the hands of the Rams of all teams, who, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure the Rams hadn't scored 51 in all their games combined up to that point in the season. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's an accurate statistic.
0: <laughs> I like it. We're going to put it. and It's on paper.
1: We've been talking all year about how Shocking. Skip Bayless
0: can make stupid comments, so can we.
1: <laughs> We've been talking all year about how surprisingly bad Denver has been, and we, on this show, even discussed how there was no chance of them getting rid of Russell Wilson locked into that deal. So the easiest thing to do would be, you know, sacrifice the head coach, and that's what they did. Um, although... A little bit of positive news on the Russell Wilson front. Did you hear about this? I know you did cuz we discussed it on Instagram. But <laughs> he has more touchdowns than bathrooms in his house now. <laughs> Finally. Finally, yeah, it took till almost the end of the season. And apparently the Broncos are they have their eye on Sean Payton, former Saints head coach. I can never remember which hardball is at Michigan, but but that one <laughs> they're looking at again trying to lure to the back to the NFL. And then, uh today I saw Dan Quinn as well as someone there a, a candidate they've got in mind,
0: yeah, uh, I don't know. I feel like Hackett kind of did what he could, but everything points in my opinion to the way Russell Wilson was playing. He did not look like himself at all, right. And there were so many other I don't know talk show hosts that were pointing out that it feels like Pete Carroll kind of unlocked. What he could get out of Russell Wilson, um, but I feel like he had he had more weapons. Maybe not better weapons, because you know, going from Metcalf and Lockett to to this team is a big change. But I feel like they had more like more opportunities for this, and more ways that they could have utilized his his classic escape and roll out and extend the plays, and they just right. never did. And then, like you point out multiple times, when he ran, he didn't even look like normal Russell Wilson. Yeah,
1: definitely. yeah, totally.
0: He had like that that like downhill running back sort of lumbering. Like He looked like he'd be powerful, yeah. but then he couldn't even take the hit.
1: Right. Where's the quickness? No elusiveness. So uh, definitely some uh, mix, I think, of potentially Wilson's own decline and the scheme that Hackett was running did not work for him. Either way, Russell... We'll get a fresh start next year with the with a new head coach
0: and a team that's not thrilled with him.
1: Yeah, and a fan base that's not happy with what they've with the return on on that trade of everything they gave up to get him. So that'll be one to watch. In other coach firing news, much more recent, Lovey Smith was fired by the Texans, and they actually they didn't even wait till t- today, which is historically known as Black Monday, when coaches get fired after the first day after the off season. Uh, they finally, I saw this news come out last night, just a few hours after their game. <laughs> and I'm guessing that has something to do with the fact that he completely ruined their tank job for the number one pick. They, They had it. All they had to do was lose to the Colts, which I'll admit is difficult. The Colts are terrible.
0: <laughs> but I just don't understand. Like, this guy had nothing to work with
1: yeah right. how do you fire? Two you can years, like
0: what do you do? Remember earlier before they hired Lovey, nobody would take the coaching job.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: and then you get someone who had decent success with the Bears. Oh yeah and I don't know. I think this one just was not fair i don't I don't agree with that firing at all. Maybe after next year, after they've had an off season and some some draft capital to kind of rebuild and add some pieces that were missing. But, I mean, honestly, as much as I like to make fun of them, I don't know if I could have coached that team any better.
1: <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't know if anyone could. And and who are they going to bring in now? Who's going to want – it's not like they have anything exciting going on. I guess they have the number two draft pick. but uh... With with
0: with his luck, I feel like if Washington decided to move on from Ron Rivera, I feel like he's just the guy that gets, like, the shittiest teams. And they kind of send him in to rebuild them. And then once they get decent, they're like, okay, we need somebody else now. I thanks, Ron.
1: Hold on, I'm just marking down the timestamp where you dropped an S-bomb.
0: I did. Well, think about what that guy's been through.
1: Oh, I agree. And I've got some more saved for later. Oh, boy. (laughs) What was that, around 12 minutes-ish? Okay. All right. Anyway, yeah, I agree that it's it's unfair. And I think we said similar things after they fired, what was it, Cully or something last year? Like, like this, it was the exact same scenario where it was a terrible team. He got, you know, arguably everything he could out of them and still got fired at the end.
0: Well, no, Brian Cully, wasn't he an intern? Yeah, but it
1: was still, yeah, yeah. David. But like
0: the fact oh, that he know. wasn't even considered for the job. Yeah,
1: yeah. And this is even even worse, you could say, because Smith has plenty of head coaching experience and and success in the league. But anyway, that's enough Texans talk. It, it is hilarious the way in which they lost the number one overall pick, though, where they were down by seven, I believe, and they went for a hail mary and then a two point conversion to get the win. And it makes sense for lobbying the players on the field. Those guys are all essentially auditioning for either the Texans. For next year or, or a different team, no no player or coach is thinking about tanking when they go out there.
0: Well, and all this stuff comes after, I don't know if you had seen any news about it, but there was something released um, amongst the the 32 owners in the league where they were trying to explain like how much money the league has spent on like paying out coaches' contracts that they fired.
1: Oh, yeah. Um,
0: and how it's like, it's some ridiculous number, like like twenty billion billion or $580 million or something ridiculous in coach <laughs> contracts that, you know, if, if you sign a five-year contract and they cut you off to one, they still have to pay you the four years.
1: Right. right.
0: And yeah, so they were yeah. basically telling the league is you, you have to operate this like a business and you guys just cannot continue to throw money because there's no tolerance anymore with coaches. Right. And and I get it that it is a business, but, you know, it all comes back to return on investment. If you keep cutting coaches every year, how can you afford to pay for the actual coaches or team players or or, or maybe upgrading certain coaching and assistant coaches? If you're locked in a well, we still owe this guy, you know, another 15 million dollars for the next three years.
1: <laughs> yeah, that's hilarious because you do see that all the time. I think most recently in Carolina, right, they signed uh... Matt Rule. Yes, Matt Rule. Thank you. To us, I think it was a seven-year contract, and they fired him after like two and a half years. So they'll be paying him for <laughs> the next half decade. Yeah. So it's, fun. But yeah, the, the reason they can afford to do it is because that money doesn't come out. It doesn't go towards the salary cap, right? And so they don't care that much. But it is still, yeah, millions, and and uh, yeah, it adds up. It's funny. A couple more things here. Zach Wilson. Uh, unclear what's next for him in New York. He was benched again after a Thursday night game in week 16 where they lost to the Jaguars. Uh, Seems to have lost the faith of everybody in the front office and not to mention his teammates. In my opinion, offseason trade seems the most likely. He was a former second overall pick, someone like Carolina. They they love New York's sloppy seconds. (laughs) They've already got Sam Darnold.
0: Yeah, why not take Zach Wilson?
1: Yeah, although... One of them's got to
0: pan out, right?
1: (laughs) Just keep bringing in these guys. They tried Baker Mayfield for a few games. That didn't work. Um, The reanimated corpse of Cam Newton last year. Or was that last year? Anyway, sometime recently. So we'll see what's next for Zach Wilson. The team has said he's still in their plans moving forward. I find that very hard to believe after what has transpired over the last
0: well, month. Well, and you got to figure what they present to the media is always.
1: Of course, yeah, that's true. We're People-
0: a team, hurrah, hurrah! And then two days later, it's like now nah, f- that guy.
1: Oh man, again, man, you're feeling spicy today, huh? <laughs> um, okay. Ah, uh, Derek Carr was benched for the final two games in uh, in Vegas.
0: I don't understand that one at all.
1: It was a weird one. I guess they they benched a bunch of uh, veterans so they could get a look at the the young guys on the team. but uh, that's I don't know. feel bad for feel kind of bad for him. He hasn't been bad.
0: no, he's Like his statistics in terms of completion percentage and accuracy, he's he's solid, but he never he's he's not the offensive line was was absolute trash. The defense has given up so much. And those are the two key things they need to fix in the offseason, because, again, I pointed out when Josh Jacobs can run, the offense clicks effectively. But Mm -hmm. that requires a very good offensive line to create the gap so that the running back can do what they do best.
1: Yeah, and speaking of sh- shows, how about Josh McDaniels as a head coach? This was a rough season for the Raiders, and I feel like um, I don't know. I feel like he could be on the a hot seat as well if he's not. I think I, I,
0: I think next yeah. year is going to be his final yeah. trial year.
1: Well, we'll see what they do at quarterback. I feel like it'll have a lot to do with that because they're in that weird position where they. Didn't finish with a good record, but they're not going to have like a top five or maybe they'll be around the, like the top 10 draft picks for next year. So they'd have to trade up if they, and it is a good year for quarterbacks in the draft. So we'll see what, what they do at that position. Maybe he buys himself two more years by drafting a rookie, you know, sometimes right. get a little more time when they do that, but it wasn't impressive year one. Uh, and then the Dolphins did sneak into the playoffs, which we'll talk about, but they did it. They had to do it without Tua Tagovailoa, who missed the final two games of the regular season with another concussion, his third of the year.
0: I don't know how this guy Here. has a career next year.
1: I Yeah, I feel like that will be a discussion. It was the game. So it happened in the game against the Packers. The, the Dolphins came out flying on offense, got out to a big lead. And then after halftime, he threw three interceptions and the Packers came back to win. And somebody on Twitter noticed a sack that he never left the game, a, but someone noticed a sack he took near halftime where his head did take a hard bounce off the turf. And I don't I don't know if he was evaluated in-game, but he, he came back in and, you know, obviously threw three picks. And I guess during film review, the subsequent Monday after the game, he, he could not remember some of the throws and decisions from the game, and that's when they got worried about it and put him in the protocol. And it, I don't think it's likely he plays in the playoffs. And like you said, I, I think it's been enough, you know, it's been scary enough that he probably has to take a hard look at if he wants to, and if he can medically in a safe way, continue to even play football.
0: I think this was a similar situation with what was it? Wes Welker for the Patriots.
1: Yeah. He just took so many and he was wearing that special helmet and stuff, but it just,
0: it comes a point when it's not worth it. I'm sorry. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Totally. Uh, And then we'll end it on this news note. J.J. Watt is retiring from the NFL now that his his season is over with the Cardinals. Five-time All-Pro, three-time defensive MVP. He's just been, it's been a few years, I feel like, since he's really been J.J. Watt of the Texans, you know. Right. And it's too bad. He never got to play on an actually good team (laughs) and win a Super Bowl. But uh, we
0: see a lot of players like this, though, that just unfortunately. I mean, uh, Andrew Whitworth, the great tackle, like. He it was only by circumstance he went to the Rams to win his Super Bowl after all those years in Cincinnati.
1: Right. Uh, But most
0: players have great careers and just they unfortunately they don't they don't get to lift it. And it's sad. Everybody should have that opportunity, but that's kind of the gamble you take when you play.
1: Yeah. I mean, and the irony is he left Houston for what he thought was a contender in the Cardinals a few years ago. Well, Ended Cliff up. Kingsbury sucks. He's on the, yeah, he's a guy being talked about. We'll see if any news comes in, actually, while we're recording. We more. Oh, my God. And I just pulled up my phone. The Cardinals fired Cliff Kingsbury. <laughs> Boom live here on air <laughs> you are a genius yeah and and this is another one he just so 10 months ago he signed an extension through the 2027 season the next oh four here years. we go with
0: this crap again
1: here we go the next four years they're going to be paying cliff kingsbury oh my gosh i'm so glad i checked i'm so glad you said that <laughs> yeah this is crazy it's
0: like the disturbance in the force as clip Kingsbury suddenly <laughs> cried out and was suddenly silenced.
1: <laughs> did they kill him or did they just... Well, him? <laughs> oh. I,
0: hold on, I have to look over my shoulder real quick. No, I think he's okay.
1: Good one. Oh, man, that was hilarious. Okay. Anyway, on that note, yes, we will... Keep monitoring the notifications. See if anyone else that has to right.
0: be the coolest thing that's ever happened on this show.
1: That was incredible. I wish we were broadcasting live, but uh, you'll just have to trust us when this comes out that that did happen in that moment. All right, let's take a quick break and come back with some week 18 recap.
0: One you want to talk about. I know you.
1: Oh, have you seen the the notes I took on this game?
0: Uh the only game. <laughs> and there's like a an entire page and like a quarter.
1: They are extensive. You were angry. I can feel
0: it in the writing. <laughs> <laughs> All because I was laughing for so long.
1: And yes, and so yeah, we're back. We're gonna talk about Packers Lions. Remember, so I wrote this part before the game because I was feeling pretty confident, you know. Remember, Matt? I
0: would kept, say cocky, not confident. There's a difference here because you ate a massive slice of humble pie.
1: Every um, week when I would include the Packers in the list of contenders for that, or in the hunt for the playoffs, and you kept laughing at me. Well, <laughs> this is I set myself up for this. Well, who's laughing now? And it turns out it's still you. <laughs> <laughs> As well as fans of the Lions and Seahawks all over the country, <laughs> and I'm crying. It was a so the Lions had actually been eliminated earlier in the day based on the Seahawks winning, but um, so for the Packers it was still you know winning. And all you have to do, you're at home, just beat the lowly Lions. <laughs> Did you hear Dan Campbell during the first interview
0: at the beginning of the game there when uh,
1: yeah, he was being
0: asked like? about being uh, like eliminated and he's right. like we just don't want them to get in.
1: Right, yeah. <laughs> Which is plenty and, of like, motivation when you're a division rival. And
0: I think I just could... want to point out it okay. was what 4 weeks ago when I made the comment that even if the Lions don't get in, they have the ability to really mess things up because they're yeah. a very dangerous team when you have arguably nothing to lose. They still had stuff to play for at that point. Don't get me wrong. But if, if you're counting them out, like those are the most dangerous teams to get on there. And he just proved it. Green Bay had to win yeah. to even get in. And Detroit was like, all right, brah.
1: And I think I texted you before the game, right? Like, does it make them more or less dangerous, uh, the Lions, the fact that they have nothing to play for? And I, think- I
0: honestly, truly <laughs> yeah. believe most of those players did not want to know the results.
1: Yeah, I mean, there's no way they couldn't have known, but I, I think I think there's uh, a
0: couple that like I think Jamal uh, Williams decided that uh, he didn't want to know.
1: Yeah, that's I mean that's probably true, but I was just gonna say I think it might have made them even more dangerous. Because you could see how tight the Packers were. Like they were, they were playing scared. You know, they they knew that their season was on the line. I think the Lions were able to play more freely, and I think you saw that come through in some of the play calling because they were doing some wild stuff, which we'll get into. Let's let do me it. let me read my six pages of notes on just this one game.
0: Yeah, we have one game to review from this weekend, and it's this one. It's going to take forty-five uh,
1: minutes. So it started out pretty okay, you know. First drive the Packers got a big uh, pass interference call so they got a first and goal from the four that's great right except this red zone offense has been horrible all season I think they showed the stat they've they're they score touchdowns on 55 percent of their red zone drives which is just I don't remember where that ranked in the league but that that's not where you want to be and like has been the case all season they had to settle for a very short field goal but whatever they're up three zero at least they're on the board and I would say the defense played pretty well, especially in the first half. You know, they forced a quick punt. Uh, but this was the first time when I was like, oh my God, they're going to blow this, aren't they? Fourth and inches from their own 30 yard line in the first quarter. They decided to go for it, which I don't necessarily have a problem with. But instead of giving it to Quadzilla or doing a QB sneak or something like that, they they do a wide receiver handoff to Lazard, who was running, coming in motion around behind Rodgers. And he got absolutely stuffed
0: like three or four yards behind the line of
1: scrimmage. yeah like he had zero chance he got the ball and he was down already um luckily the defense you know held up their end and and limited detroit to a field goal so it's three three and then the the packers did start to run the ball and but the, but it was a big play they got to uh rookie christian watson down the sideline who's been just so electric the second half of the season. Once he got over some kind of nagging injuries he had the first half.
0: And that first drop on the first pass of his career. Yes.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. I would say he has definitely atoned for that. Uh, and it was, uh, they had to settle for a field goal again, whatever, 6 3. And then I give Matt LaFleur some credit here because he challenged on the next Lions possession a third down catch. Uh, that's how it was ruled on the field by Amon Ross St. Brown. Looking at it live, I was like, what is he doing? Just burning the timeout here. But uh, the, the ball did touch the ground in the process of him making the catch. So it was overturned, and it became fourth down, and they had to punt. So give him and the Packers video review team credit for that one, because I did not see that at all uh, live. Uh, another decent Packers drive ended by Aiden Hutchinson taking down Rodgers in the backfield. Crosby. Nailed another field goal to go up 9-3 to three early in the second quarter, uh, but they weren't going to hold down this Detroit offense forever. The Lions did get a drive going the next time out. They kept converting third downs, which is the most demoralizing thing uh, as a fan and I'm sure as a player, too. Just couldn't get them off the field. And uh, ultimately, they actually missed a 46-yard field goal, Michael Badgley. So it was still 9-3, to three, and we're approaching halftime here. Packers driving again. They were inside the Lions' 20. And that's when Aaron Jones coughed up a fumble, uh, taking, obviously, any points the Packers are about to score off the board, as well as giving Jared Goff and company one more chance before uh, before the halftime break. And they did, of course. Two-minute offense. <laughs> I can hear it in your voice. It just felt so inevitable. You know, it was like classic um, Joe Barry pre you know, bullshit zone defense and they let him go right down the field they were lining up for a 48 yard field goal right at the half and i do not know what possessed rasul douglas packers uh he's a cornerback i guess he's on special teams too packers were calling time out to like ice the kicker or whatever he douglas like they, but they were all set up you know ready to snap the ball and 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 kick it he he just walks down the line and and just smacks the ball out of the center's hands as he was trying to snap it while the Packers were calling timeout.
0: Well, you know it's uh... a. <laughs>
1: what
0: the. F-? I mean, why not, right?
1: <laughs> why.
0: No, why not?
1: <laughs> why not? Because you get a fifteen-yard penalty. <laughs> And who knows what would have happened with the 48-yarder. But I'm just saying, he already missed a 46-yard field goal minutes before this. Just, I don't know.
0: He made it easier for him. He felt bad.
1: Completely brain-dead play. Uh, and it made it a 33-yard field goal, obviously much easier. And he did convert it to make it 9-6 to at halftime. Packers in the lead. I cannot <laughs> understand what could go through your head like in a moment like that.
0: You know what would be really good right now is to take a 15 yard unsportsmanlike conduct penalty and smack the ball.
1: So stupid. <laughs> anyway, Packers defense came. I would up.
0: just want to completely reiterate this, even though he was not on the field and it probably didn't have any involvement, but this was is this a Joe led defense.
1: I was going to say, is this Kevin King's fault somehow? <laughs> <laughs> the ghost That's of <laughs> pop papers. The spirit of Dom Capers just possessed for Sewell Douglas. He's like, hey, do it, do it. It
0: <laughs> you know would be really funny is if you smack that ball right now. Like, but, coach, no, I really think you should do it. It's fine.
1: Anyway, uh, uh, so starting the third quarter, Packers defense made a quick stop again, and the offense on the roll once more. Uh, but the drive broke down after Rodgers. Uh, you could call this a drop for uh, Romeo Dubs. He's had plenty of them, had plenty in this game. I don't know if I put this one on him, though. It was a third down slant that Rodgers threw. I think it was just too low. They didn't even show a replay because they were talking about something else. But didn't look like the most catchable ball. Unfortunately, uh, Crosby missed this field goal. 53 yards out. So close. Hit the crossbar, but it bounced back into the end zone, away from the goalpost. So the score remained 9-6. to six. Um, <clears throat> And the worst thing besides not scoring points about missing a field goal of that distance is it sets up your opponent in great field position, with which the Lions took full advantage of, needing just three plays to punch it into the end zone for the game's first touchdown. First, a 12-yard run by Jamal Williams, like we talked about, former Packers running back, and then a huge play-action pass. Jared Goff threw a bomb right, right down the middle of the field, found Khalif Raymond for 43 yards, tackled down at the one, where who else but Jay Willie punched it in to go up 13 to nine. Uh, lions on top and uh so the packers needed a response here but it's not over yet that's right and it was not over yet at at this point rogers again found christian watson rainbowed the right sideline made a great catch while one of his arms was being held back by a defender defensive pass interference was called declined 45 yard catch was awesome and then just two plays after that rogers found lazard in the back of the end zone packers back on top 16 to 13 Uh, Now we're into the fourth quarter. There are a couple times in this game, actually, the Packers got bailed out by a penalty. One was a deep touchdown to the rookie, Jameson Williams, for the Lions that was called back for, I think it was an offensive holding. Yeah. And then here in the fourth quarter, Rodgers was bailed out um, by, I forget what the defensive foul was, but he just threw a terrible interception. But it was, this one was called back on a penalty on Detroit. Um, They ended up hunting. Lions went on a long drive. This was the point where the Packers could no longer stop the run all of a sudden. And the Lions went on a long drive after this. And this was another moment in the game where a Packers defensive player lost his mind. Uh, Quay Walker, rookie linebacker, rookie first round pick linebacker could have been a receiver. First round pick linebacker. Um, (laughs) It was after DeAndre Swift went down, took a, really nasty blow to the face from uh, Packers D lineman's forearm as he was going down. And the, so the training staff came out to check on him. One of them, like, you know, kind of put a, put a hand on Quay Walker to, to move past him so he could get to the injured player and Walker walk yeah. around and shoves this guy two handed shoves this guy in the back to the ground. A member wow. of his training staff.
0: How did I didn't template. even see that. Jesus Christ! Like this—that's yeah. the moment you know your team is coming apart at the seams.
1: Yeah, right. Okay. I, I, of course he's frustrated. I'm frustrated watching. I'm sure everyone on that defense was frustrated by the drive they were giving up. That's just—you can't do that, obviously. <laughs> and he got it's, ejected. It's one
0: thing, not that it's acceptable. It's one thing when it's another player, right? Right. But you, you to the training staff or a coach. Right. Come on.
1: And this is the second time this year this guy has done something like this. He was ejected earlier in the season for a similar thing, pushing a member of the opposing team's coaching staff.
0: Man, if I was LaFleur, he'd be in my office immediately following that game. Yeah. I don't care if you're a first round pick. See, this is where I couldn't I couldn't run a front office or I'd be absolutely in hot water all the time, because I don't care how much you're getting paid. I don't care where you were drafted. That's the type of stuff that costs us games.
1: Right. Right, and and I don't even know how much of an impact this had on the game because they were already, you know, deep in Packer territory. But, of course, they end up scoring another touchdown, Jamal Williams, again.
0: I just think uh, it's a bad taste. It makes yeah. you look like you don't have any control.
1: Yeah, it's disgusting. You can't do, can't do it. Uh, another note on Jamal Williams. I think he broke Barry Sanders' record, franchise record for Detroit of most touchdowns in a season. This was his 17th. So, kudos to him. I, you know, I hate the Lions on principle, but gotta root for Jamal Williams. He's he's so funny and, and such a charismatic guy.
0: He he made fun of the Key and Peele skit where they make fun of all those players and their crazy colleges when he came on. When they were not, when they were uh, when the players were introducing yeah. themselves.
1: Oh, what did he say? I, I missed this.
0: Oh, my God. I, I have to go back and find okay. it. I don't know.
1: I'll, I'll find it. I'll look it up, too, and it sounds, it sounds great. But, um, yeah, it was a whole Key and peel
0: thing. I'm sure it's got to be here somewhere.
1: Keep talking. That's okay. Uh, but, anyway, his second touchdown of the game put the Lions up 20-16 to 16 with six minutes to go. And then Rodgers threw a terrible interception that was not wiped out by a penalty. And uh, the Packers never saw the ball again as Detroit ran out the clock. I don't know. I was so mad last night. I'm I'm over it now, but it was just such a deflating performance. You could clearly see the Lions were better coached. They wanted it more for some reason. Even though they had nothing to play for, Packers in theory had everything to play for. Uh, but it's, you wouldn't. I look, think it's uh, the
0: Dan Campbell mentality. Remember, at the beginning of this year, they were what one and six yeah mm-hmm. and everyone was starting to lose faith and then he his he's inspired this team um mm-hmm. and
1: absolutely yeah the
0: defense played well i mean the offense was clicking but they just couldn't complete games i mean they had what five or seven like 30 point plus games only the only one behind or up there was like the bills
1: mm-hmm. yeah yeah the offense was great and I mean, in two games against the Packers this year, they only gave up what a t- combined 25 points. Uh, yeah, which I don't know who that says more about because the Packers offense has looked completely out of sorts all year long. But uh, this was a dark way to end what has been a terrible season for Green Bay. And maybe I,
0: it's a reality check though for Green Bay. It, honestly.
1: Absolutely, yeah, uh, yeah. I was texting my other friend who's a Bears fan. I'm like, Packers are fourth in the division next year. I'm calling it now. Bears are on the rise. Lions are on the rise. Vikings are pretty good. Packers are in the toilet. (laughs) Yeah, right.
0: I don't know, which I think that leads to your next question.
1: Yeah, and you touched on this already. uh, Sorry, as my work messages get blown up. I think I know you're part of your response already. But uh, yeah, so as an angry fan, I've got two questions now. Who do we blame? <laughs> do you want Rodgers back next year? I'm going mean, to take so much heat for this. He's under contract, obviously, but there's always the chance he'll retire. Or, I mean, I guess there's the outside shot of him getting traded, too. Who knows? But yeah, go. What do you think? So, a question. So, is,
0: is it both questions? Or are we starting with who to blame?
1: Who do you blame? Yeah, let's start there.
0: I, I, I blame two things. I think that whatever scheme that the offensive coordinator was trying to run, I know Lafleur calls the plays, but there's there's a coordination between the the passing game coordinator and them. I think it's a very rookie team. Remember, all these receivers outside of Lazar are new. There's no passing tight end. So I think the offense has a lot of holes. The run game is fantastic, but I think that's where this team should have been focused on all season long. Not the classic throwing the ball and getting, you know, 30, 40 yard chunks. I also think that the defense has showed great glimpses through the year of like why this team is special, especially in the secondary. But there's no, I feel like there's no adjustment on Joe Barry's part. When Green Bay gets beat, they get beat bad. You know, there's just no stopping the opposing teams. And I've always held firm the belief of offense puts you in the games, defense keeps you in the games. And there's not enough confidence in this defense to keep in games, especially when they're close. Um, Leading into the second question, do I want Rodgers back next year? It's, As a fan, you always want what's best for the now, right? Like, Rodgers has been a phenomenal quarterback. I also feel like, and I think we've talked about this before, we've gotten spoiled.
1: Yeah, that's Uh, absolutely true over the last 20 years.
0: (laughs) uh, With quarterbacks. So I feel like just from the sake of how things go is all good things must come to an end and a rebuild has to happen. With how young the receiving core is overall, I feel like now is the time.
1: Um I feel I this that year. Either way, right? Cause I feel like on the one hand, it's you need to let uh Rogers and these rookies build the same kind of chemistry that he and you know Jordy Nelson had back in the day, that he and Devontae Adams had up until last year. And that's what I think made made him great and helped made this offense click is is Rogers having that guy he knows he can trust to throw the ball up to in any situation, even when he's covered. Hit him back shoulder, whatever, and to build that kind of trust up again. And uh, obviously, it takes time, but I think we started to see him and Christian Watson really, really gel. So I feel like that's an argument maybe for giving it one more go. Like these guys got all got some experience together under their belt. They've got, um, I think they still have the Raiders' first round draft pick this year too, right? Hopefully, get one, get a couple more guys in that can make an instant impact.
0: Yeah, they'll be spent on defense. It's fine.
1: Oh, I'd argue the offensive line is just as problematic. Yeah, um,
0: but you know Green Bay how Green Bay works.
1: You're right. You're right. We They love to draft cornerbacks.
0: <laughs> Especially it, ones that like to get kicked out of games.
1: <laughs> I, yeah. I don't know. I don't know if I want Rod. I don't know how I feel about it. I'm conflicted. Part of me wants to see Jordan Love for a more extended period of time because what we saw from him this year when he got the chance was a lot more encouraging than what we saw in 2020. Last year. Yeah. yeah. Right. In 20, yeah, whatever year. Um, So part of me wants to see more of that. And, and you know, how much longer is he going to be here and just sitting around on, on the bench, you know? was Well, the this...
0: few rumors floating around is that if Roger stays, Love is going to request a trade.
1: And I, I think that'd be interesting. I feel like they could get – Value for him, just based on his, you know, draft pedigree, and then what we what we saw in that Eagles game this year was was exciting. Uh, because yeah, it's this is going to be his fourth year in the, or this was the end of his third season, right? So he's only got one more year on his rookie deal. Uh, of course, they could use the fifth year option to keep him around longer, but it's like there's development on the bench and then there's stagnation, you know, and there's nothing, there's no uh, substitute for real in-game experience.
0: I still feel like I would rather go through a rough year next year to see if we are going to sign him long-term. Right. Because that's when you need to make the decision, not – like I feel like if we play the waiting game even with a fifth year option we're, we're we're playing with fire and I don't like that doesn't feel right to me
1: Yeah and and there's a certain point where you like you can only do so much development on the bench right And it's a outside of Rogers actually it's a very young team they could they all blossom yeah. together Right So I don't know I'm conflicted we'll see we'll see that's all I can say for now.
0: <laughs> Rodgers did make a comment, apparently, yesterday in the press conference. I sent it to you. Yeah. Um, that he wouldn't be opposed to walking away happy with what he's done, but he has to take a look at what it feels like to be away from it. So.
1: And I also saw a quote from him that he's not going to hold the team hostage with his decision, which seems to imply that it'll be sooner than later. Uh, one, more, one final, to put a bow on that, there was also – during the, like after the game, when all the players were, you know, talking and whatever. So, uh, I think it was Jamison Williams, Lions rookie receiver, wanted to do a jersey swap with Rodgers. And Rodgers mm-hmm. said, Rodgers said, no, I'm going to keep this one. And, you know, a lot of people are taking that to, to mean, like, is this his final game? And that's why he's not going to give up that jersey. <laughs> I don't know. could be, Could mean nothing. Could mean something.
0: I mean, very
1: few people can be as cryptic
0: as Aaron Rodgers. I feel like with yeah. some of his comments.
1: Yes, that's definitely true. All right, let's let's stop talking about the Packers for a few months. <laughs> In terms of our playoff sleepers, only one ultimately, the Dolphins made the postseason. Uh, the that Lions came so team. close. So close. Yeah, Raiders had a brief stretch where it looked like they might do something.
0: I don't even care about the Raiders. I feel like the biggest <laughs> surprise is the Lions.
1: They they have a lot to be proud of and, and feel good about heading into this offseason for sure. What started um,
0: out as a, ha-ha, won't this be funny, turned into, oh my God.
1: They might actually do it. And they almost did stupid Rams blowing that game because they were actually ahead against Seattle most of that game. And if they had won, then, then it would have been a true play-in game between the Lions and Packers. I would so much rather see the Lions in the playoffs than the Seahawks. I think the Seahawks are just going to get blasted. In the wild card, whereas I feel like the Lions have more of that scrappiness and, and grit, as Dan Campbell likes to say, to actually make some noise.
0: Absolutely.
1: And, uh, yeah, the Saints have been trashed all year long. I hope Dennis Allen gets fired.
0: He won't. Come on now.
1: <laughs> no, he won't. You're right. Been, they're so, so, so disappointing. Um, yeah, they have a lot uh,
0: to figure out, though, to be honest. They
1: do. Yeah. First of all, quarterback
0: that i think is the the biggest concern for them right now and then just staying healthy
1: right yeah they had issues with that they they had some whatever we don't need to talk about the saints they're not good but <laughs> <laughs> dolphins just barely made the play they they were 8 and 3 at one point remember then they lost 5 in a row barely beat the jets 11 to 6 truly <laughs> entertainment at its finest With uh, rookie Skylar Thompson getting the start. Um, But whatever. Dolphins are in the playoffs. Let's talk about the bracket.
0: All right. Brackets. Here we
1: go. The NFC, the way it shakes out. Eagles are the number one seed. They get the first round by. Other division winners are the Niners, Vikings, and Buccaneers. Wild cards are the Cowboys, Giants, and Seahawks. Let me update this once and for all and delete the Packers off this uh, (laughs) document. You were too
0: hopeful. You you have what we call negative, like, terrible hopefulness this entire time.
1: I think that's called toxic positivity.
0: <laughs> yeah, something like that. That's the word, yeah.
1: And then in the AFC, we have the Chiefs as the one seed. Bills, Bengals, Jaguars, other division winners. Wild cards are the Chargers, Ravens, and Dolphins. So, wild Without card. Without further ado. Yeah. Without further ado, let's uh, let's talk through these wild card games, and we'll take it division or conference by conference. So division in the AFC, two. we have Ravens oh. at Bengals, uh, Dolphins at Bills, and
0: for someone who makes like cheat sheets, you forgot half this crap.
1: Well, I stopped writing because I went into a tailspin of emotions last night. <laughs> <laughs> and Dolphins at Bills, Chargers at Jaguars. So that's the AFC. I'm typing these notes on the fly just so I have something to read. Uh, let's talk about Ravens at Bengals first. And I think the biggest storyline has to be Lamar Jackson's health. He's been out a month now with his knee injury. He hasn't been at practice. Hasn't appeared to be close to playing at any point. Ravens need him
0: and especially with the offseason coming up and the contract negotiations the Ravens need Lamar. We've seen what this team is like without him. There is no team. Yeah. The receiving core has been banged up and is almost non-existent. Their defense has been kind of wishy-washy. The only thing they've had is the run game which has run primarily through Lamar Jackson.
1: Right. Yeah. And I
0: don't think they pulled the victory out here. I just think that with even if he does play, he's been so removed the past few weeks that he's going to have, what, less than four or five practice reps for practice days, and then they're going to go against the Bengals who are red hot? Yeah. Like, I know that this would be an upset if the if the Ravens win, but I just don't see that happening here.
1: Yeah, me either. I mean, it, I, I love it in general when division rivals play in the playoffs. It's just so much fun, and they, these two teams – Uh, Split the series this year with the uh, Ravens getting a win early in the season. And actually, they played last week, which is funny. So they play play each other two games in a row. Uh, Bengals obviously got the win last week against Anthony Brown, who was the Ravens quarterback with with Lamar, and also uh, Huntley both hurt. Apparently Snoop Huntley is his nickname, something I learned a couple weeks ago.
0: Yeah, fun fact.
1: Never heard that one before. Uh, but yeah, it's it is hard to see the Ravens uh, pulling an upset here, and so I will go with the bang, the Bengals. Bengals. Okay, second AFC wild matchup: Chargers at Jaguars. This is this, this just is, got way more interesting. Yeah, the uh, these teams played each other earlier in the season, and the Jaguars dominated. I think it was 38 to 10 or something like that.
0: I think this game has one thing bigger than playoff implications here. And here's what I mean by this. Okay. And this factors into the chargers. If the chargers win, Brandon Staley keeps his job. Ooh. If the chargers, depending on by if they lose by more than I would say seven points to Jacksonville, the chargers will now be the sixth team looking for a head coach.
1: Very interesting.
0: Because Brandon Staley's been on the hot seat for a lot of his game decisions. And the chargers are better than what they are. They have arguably the best running back right now in the league, and Austin Eckler. They've yeah. got two dynamic receivers, and they have a defense that's been pretty stout. They should not be scraping by in certain games.
1: right. and they they definitely they ended the season on a nice run uh, winning four out of their last five i don't even know if the starters played against denver but they lost to denver yesterday not that you take anything away from that they'd already clinched the playoffs but um yeah it's nice to see them finally in the playoffs because we've been talking about them for like three years now about this exciting up-and-coming team but this is the first time herbert's been in the playoffs um herbert and two uh not two um Lawrence, Trevor Lawrence, this will be their first, both of their first playoff games. Uh, Like I said, the Jaguars won 38 to 10 when they played in week, back in week three or four. Uh, That was, I think that was after Herbert had that, that rib injury though. So he obviously wasn't full strength and these are both kind of different teams since then. I'm really excited. This might be, if I was doing the watchability index, this might be number one. I'm very excited to see this.
0: It would be, uh, I would say it would be number two. Okay. But I I am going to pull for the Chargers on this one. That's what I'm thinking. I I feel like the Chargers have done more to earn this spot. Don't get me wrong. Jacksonville has played very well these past few weeks. But the Chargers have always been the team that was Almost there every year, and now they're here. um Right. And I think Brandon Staley has to realize he's in a very warm seat, not a hot seat, because they made it to the postseason, which is kind of, you could argue, the baseline for now the NFL. If you can make it to the postseason pretty regularly, you're okay.
1: Yeah. Mm-hmm. One thing to keep an eye on is Mike Williams is injured again for the Chargers. He may or may not be able to play this one. Um, but yeah, I, I'm excited. I'm going to take the Chargers too. I think they're more prepared for for the moment. But we'll see what kind of crazy decisions in game uh, Brandon Staley makes. Looking forward to it. And then the the final wild card game in the AFC is Dolphins at Bills. Another game between division foes. Uh, I
0: feel like if Tua didn't have as many injuries as he's had this year, especially in the concussion side, I'd be way more excited for this game.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, But I
0: also want to point out that the Bills have just absolutely dominated in every aspect. I mean, this week, the first play of the game was a kickoff return for a touchdown.
1: Oh, yeah, didn't Naheem Hines had two in that game? um,
0: The Bills are playing with emotion now, especially after the DeMar Hamlin
1: true situation
0: yeah. and there's you can argue that a team with nothing to lose is just as dangerous as a team that that is has rallied around something as tragic and as as impactful as this
1: totally yeah and the I mean and the Dolphins were very exciting for a while uh, like you said with Tua throwing the ball to Tyreek and Jalen Waddle that was a really dynamic offense uh, but without him, and they may not even have Teddy Bridgewater, who's recovering from a, a broken finger, I think. And if that's the case, it's going to be the rookie, Skylar Thompson, once again. And either way, that's a lot harder to get excited about. So I'm uh, going to have to take the Bills here. Yes. The the Dolphins did steal a win against them early in the season. It was a game, obviously, that Tua did play. And the uh, Bills came really close to a last-second comeback to kick a game-winning field goal but they just ran out of time at the end of the game if i recall correctly uh, and then the the bills uh, beat them later got their revenge later in the season and i think they get another win here moving on to the nfc where we also we have another division matchup since the packers oh that would have been the irony or that was another irony of the Packers losing is had they won they would have immediately played their playoff nemesis the 49ers
0: (laughs) I would rather lose the Lions than lose again to the Niners I am so (laughs) sick of it
1: yeah I I think I agree
0: because now we get to watch Seattle and be like see it's not just us
1: right So, so Seattle at San Francisco the the quarterback matchup everybody saw coming preseason of geno smith against brock purdy in the playoffs
0: absolutely how did you not predict that
1: (laughs) i believe purdy is still undefeated i don't think they've lost a game since he took over uh the 49ers are just such a solid team and uh it's it's hard to see like the seahawks have some excitement Going on like kind of the Seahawks exceeded so many expectations with
0: Geno Smith.
1: Totally, yeah.
0: Um, but the the Brock Purdy story is kind of what's taken the league by storm. Yeah. But uh, the Niners are just more of a complete team. I can't. I'm not going to knock what the Seahawks have accomplished. You know, with the Russell Wilson trade, and everyone thought everything was going downhill. Geno Smith really never made. Big, he made splashes whenever he had time to start, but no one ever saw him as the starter. And, you know, maybe it's the Pete Carroll touch, whatever he's done here, but it's worked.
1: For sure, yeah. Uh, but yeah, the Niners are just the, the better team. I think they've got the great defense. Debo Samuel's back. You know, McCaffrey, Kittle is rounding into form, and, and Purdy has looked unfazed by by being you know the last pick in the draft and being thr- thrust into this situation. He's been great. So I will take 49ers.
0: I will as well.
1: Giants at Vikings? The, Fun this little... is top of my watch list. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, these teams played just a couple of weeks ago. It was it's a- not even that, but
0: a team that nobody would ever give the Vikings their credit, right? Like, with especially with Kirk Cousins and everything, never gave them the credit they deserved. And then the Giants have made such a turnaround that you know they don't look like the giants of the past couple of years that we love to hate on
1: <laughs> i totally forgot about the brian dable of it all yeah their head coach actually we've got two actually both these teams have a first time head coach right it's dable against um o'connell, it's yep. O'Connell from minnesota that's fun
0: but uh I'm sorry, Giants fans, but I have to give this one to the Vikings. I just think they've 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 fought through more, and they're very good at playing close games. Um, yeah. And that, I think, is what this game will be, at least maybe through the first three quarters. There may be some eking out one way or the other towards the, the, the middle of the third into the fourth, but the Vikings have become very good at playing close games and finding ways to win against all odds.
1: Yeah, and when they played just a couple of weeks ago, it was also in Minnesota, and it was a close game. Came down to a last-second field goal uh, by Greg Joseph for the for the Vikings to get the three-point win. You know what, screwed? I'm gonna I'm gonna roll with Daniel Jones. I'm taking the Giants to pull the upset here.
0: Oh, ho, ho, ho. I never thought I'd see that day.
1: <laughs> I'm gonna regret this immediately, but uh. Yeah, that's for, now. Fine. for now, that's my pick. <laughs> All right. And then the final wild card matchup Cowboys at Buccaneers, which, um, you know, we've been talking a lot about the Buccaneers, how underwhelming they've been.
0: But it's like Brady knows but, when the playoffs are coming.
1: Yeah, right. And they they found a way, scratching the Is he just clawed. the greatest
0: troll in the NFL,
1: possibly? Possibly. Like, they kind of whole hum through the
0: season, and then it's like, here they are in the postseason again, and it's like, wait, what?
1: <laughs> yeah, and, you know, for their part, the Cowboys have have not looked great lately. They The past five weeks, they've looked like garbage. Yeah, and that was after, what was the one huge win they had? I forget. They beat someone really good.
0: Nah, I feel like they've they have
1: the beat the Eagles on Christmas Eve. That oh, that, that's right. That crazy 40 to 34 game. Um, you know, and then they beat the Texans. So I guess it's just one game that they've lost. Like they were on a four, five, six, seven, seven game winning streak before they lost to the Commanders. Uh, but that was a game that they were trying to win. And, and Dak was just terrible. And, and not not to put it all on him, even even the great Tony Pollard couldn't get anything going on the ground. And didn't I they? would I
0: would agree with that. I mean, I think he's proven way more valuable than Ezekiel Elliott at he this has, point.
1: He has. Here's all you need to know about the Cowboys: is this the Packers beat them? That's how bad they can be. <laughs>
0: But yeah, I don't have confidence in this. And with the postseason, the way Brady yeah. tends to play, I mean, I have to go with the Bucks on this one.
1: Oh, I, I think so. Yeah, I think you just go with the more experienced team here in the Buccaneers of what is this year three of Brady in Tampa?
0: Something like that.
1: And they've been in obviously in the, in the they won it in year one playoffs last year. This, a lot of the same core is here, and you can. As we saw in that game against Carolina that clinched the division two weeks ago, like Brady can still turn it on when he has to. I think he had three deep touchdown passes to Mike Evans in like the fourth quarter alone of that game. That's too. what he
0: does. He just kind of teases you. He's like, oh, I can't throw the football. I don't know. I may be washed up. I may be done. 47 <laughs> points.
1: Yeah. yeah, and the Cowboys have just been a little inconsistent. Remember, they, they almost lost to the Texans a couple of weeks ago they were their this offense which you think of as being such a high powered unit was was shut down by Washington in the in the regular season finale
0: like the first 8 or 9 games Dallas I would have absolutely given the edge over to this game but it's the past like 5 weeks something doesn't feel right in the in the in the in the star state there i don't
1: know yeah and Tampa Bay as the division winner they get the home to get the home game here, so for whatever that's worth, the home field advantage. Uh it doesn't feel good because they've not been great either. But yeah, I think I'm gonna take Tampa Bay.
0: All right. We can figure out how foolish we are next week.
1: <laughs> yeah, so given all that, who um what's your Super Bowl matchup now, now that we know the fourteen teams that are in the postseason? I think I'm from still the NFL... sticking
0: with the Bills.
1: Okay. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I think we both had Bills in the preseason from the. Yeah, hey, you
0: picked the frickin' Packers.
1: Yeah, yeah. Stop it. <laughs> Don't remind me.
0: <laughs> I'm gonna be. I'm gonna be crucified for this. I'm gonna take Bills and Vikings.
1: Oh, that's ridiculous. Come on, man. <laughs> I know you've you've been on the Vikings uh, bandwagon. I mean correctly so you've said they would make it all season long and they've done it
0: i just think like i feel like the vikings the giants maybe even a little bit of the niners people still don't believe they've got it you know because you have teams like the eagles which have the best record but they've clearly shown they have weaknesses the Buccaneers are kind of that uncertainty, like, yeah, Brady's turning it on now, but how effective is that going to be this late in the game? You could argue now is when it counts, right? Because there would be no next week if you win. It's one and done. Nope. Different during the regular season. If you lose a game, there's always next week. The Seahawks, while well, I give them a ton of credit for having gotten here, I just don't think they're going to be able to hold their own, especially against the Niners.
1: No, I, I agree with that. And the I, same thing with the Giants.
0: That... I think they've made a great stride. I think they've made massive improvements. I wouldn't be surprised to see them in contention again next year, but the only two teams or three teams are the top three, and if when it comes to close games, I have to give it to the Vikings. The other two teams simply went through sheer domination.
1: That's true. The Vikings are battle tested in that way.
0: And that's knock the Chiefs, but the Bills are just, they're playing with a renewed energy now. They're, they're, they're scary.
1: Yeah, I really, I don't know. <laughs> I was going to say, I hope we do get Bills Chiefs in the uh, championship game. But where do the Bengals factor into that? They're they're very strong contender as well. But no one can do as good as obviously Mahomes historically good. Joe Burrow has been incredible, but no one can quite do what Josh Allen can do. That's that's why the only thing that
0: would make me concerned is the Bills is is the run game. Um, The Chiefs have just the magical side of Patrick Mahomes, but they have. Some games where that offense takes a long time to click and at this stage of the game, you cannot fall behind arguably more than 14 points at any given point without a chance to come back. So the the Chiefs, I feel like, fall under the same category of the Eagles and Niners where they're built to really come out of the gate swinging and if they get the lead, they're fine uh the Bengals, i still have a few questions on defense they've come way far since those first couple of weeks burrow has been way better protected yeah but i just think the caliber that the bills and the chiefs are playing with at this point i mean you know it's going to be one of those three i feel confident that we can we can say that there's not going to be a sixth or fifth seed sneaking up into the uh into the Super Bowl this year, it's going to be one of the top three of both divisions are going to. uh,
1: Yeah, yeah, I agree with that. Mm. Going
0: there. Because I guarantee you, if the Packers were the seventh seed, you'd be sitting there going, Well, maybe.
1: <laughs> oh, you know I would. Yeah. <laughs> Finally going to get I'd our revenge. Like, You're an idiot still. <laughs> and you'd probably be right. <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You make a good point about uh, playing from uh, playing with the lead. I don't like with the 49ers. That's the one thing that could be an issue for them is if they do go behind in the game. I don't think that's something that they've that Brock Purdy has ever experienced because they well, they're built uh, to run the ball. Yeah, right. And, and you can't run the on.
0: ball when you're falling behind.
1: Exactly. Yeah. I don't know. It's gonna be fun. I'm, I guess I, would, I guess I'll be boring and say Eagles from the NFC because they have a really solid defense, too, and a lot of playmakers now on offense. I mean,
0: I don't know if, that's boring, that's safe, and that also makes the most sense, though.
1: Yeah. So, okay, yeah, I guess at this point I'll go Eagles-Bills in the Super Bowl, which would be fun, because if there is a quarterback who's most like Josh Allen, it's Jalen Hurts. All right, let's take one more quick break and then take a final trip to the fantasy corner.
0: Now, let's take a trip down to the Fantasy Corner.
1: All right, and we're back for a final farewell to fantasy football, um, for this season at least. I didn't even look at what I did. I didn't even set my roster. You, I have the final standings here, but first let's talk about the championship matchup. It was Kevin versus Sorio. Kevin, who was our winner last year, by uh, going for our first back-to-back title winner against uh, who's already won the league twice before and was gunning for number three. And it ended up being Kevin. He was um, – and, and, yeah, he got monster game from Daniel Jones, <laughs> 36 fantasy points from Daniel Jones, who had four touchdowns in that Week 17 game against the Colts. Also – and this was the Mike Evans game I talked about – 47 points from Mike Evans, who had 10 catches, 200 yards, and three touchdowns. Um, Also got 23 points from the Green Bay defense because that was the game they beat Minnesota and had a kickoff return touchdown and a defense. Man, I hate this.
0: I hate when you look back and you realize how many teams you would have (laughs) beaten.
1: Oh, what are you looking at?
0: Keep talking. I'm sorry.
1: Okay. He also had Geno Smith put up a solid 17. Uh, So, Kevin, and, and. they both had a player impacted by the, the Bills-Bengals game that ended up getting canceled. Uh, but Kevin had mix-in against Josh Allen for Sario, but Kevin had a 63-point lead, so I think even, even Josh Allen wouldn't have been able to overcome that. <laughs> so Kevin put up 164, and that's without his his running back one. And for Surio, disappointing from Saquon, just six fantasy points. Um, A.J. Brown was, was solid. Chris Godwin was solid. Uh, Mike Williams was okay, too. But no no one had a great game. And, and Kevin had a couple guys put up incredible games. And so Kevin is our first back-to-back champion.
0: Didn't your wife win back-to-back? Or is
1: she no. Most? She won two out of the first three years, actually. But oh, they nice. were not they were not back-to-back. In the final standings, you will find both of our names near the bottom. Uh, based on what happened in the consolation bracket, I'm actually dead last. <laughs>
0: I am so happy. I am not last place.
1: You finished tenth out of twelve. Not
0: great, but not last.
1: <laughs> Thank goodness this league doesn't have a punishment for last place. I mean, the Especially weird thing is you're the commissioner. <laughs> you know, we tried to implement it once, but it's like nobody even. I've seen so much fun stuff over the years. Of like, I think this was you last. You have off.
0: to have everybody that lives within the same yeah. city. The problem is our entire I, roster is scattered.
1: We're also spread out now. Um, <clears throat> I saw this funny one last off season where the loser of this one league had to, I think it was a Waffle House. He had to stay there for 24 hours. <laughs> he was and just every like Waffle. 8 got to take
0: off one wa one hour.
1: Yeah, yeah. And he was like documenting his his journey or something. That that was a fun one that got a lot of traction on social media. Um but yeah, we've never really been able to implement that in our league, which yeah, this year I'm grateful for. Even although it's embarrassing enough to finish last place. I feel I still feel like my team wasn't that bad. <laughs> Obviously I'm wrong.
0: <laughs> I just had massive issues at wide receiver. To me that was my biggest my biggest downfall.
1: Yeah. I still need to crunch the numbers on, on my I mean, my issues was quarterback again, actually. Mm, mm-hmm, and I, mm-hmm. I thought I thought I had changed my strategy this year because I took guys earlier. I took Russell Wilson in like the fourth or fifth round. Well he, see, that was mistake number one. And as good as I feel like Tua was on the field. He it didn't translate to fantasy that much because either they would like blow a team out and only run the ball after halftime, and he didn't. Well, with...
0: you also can't expect the three types of concussions that he had either.
1: That's true. I was he was unavailable for a lot, uh, decent chunk of the season. Yeah.
0: So, so I can't necessarily fault him for that. Um, even though I way at the bottom, I still feel like the one trade that I performed, I feel like I kind of edged out a little bit better on that.
1: Oh, definitely, where you offloaded Mike Williams, uh, who was hurt at the time and pretty much remained hurt <laughs> for most of it, yeah. yeah. I don't know, man. I, next year, hold me to this. I'm going quarterback in the first round no matter what. Jalen Hurts or Josh Allen, if those guys are there for me wherever I'm drafting, that's my number one pick. Because. I want
0: to see if I can go like a sixth year in a row at drafting fourth overall. <laughs>
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see if we can make that happen. Although, to counter what I just said, remember during the draft, we were all trash-talking Kevin because he he literally didn't take a quarterback until like... We
0: were yelling. Or I, I mean, I was at work, so I got to see it or means of it, but I did keep seeing the comments pop up of like, Kevin isn't taking a quarterback. Kevin's not taking a quarterback. And then when he took Jones, we were all like, what an idiot.
1: Daniel Jones and Geno Smith were his quarterbacks, and they were both... Good to great in some certain leagues.
0: Kevin clearly knows something we do not.
1: I mean, can't argue with two league championships in a row. <laughs> I don't know, man.
0: Maybe right. that's our strategy next year. We're going to do no prep work. We're just going to walk in and pick.
1: I mean, maybe I'll just let my team auto-draft
0: next year. <laughs> Oh, jeez, you're going to have 75 running backs.
1: We can't – if we can't – well, hopefully we can get together in person and draft rather than doing it online like we had to this year. Because that, that just adds an extra level of, like, anxiety, but but also fun.
0: Well, I can at least honestly say that you can't see the look of either disappointment or, like, frustration when you walk up and grab a name. Like, what the hell is this person
1: doing? Yeah. <laughs>
0: Oh, why is Nick picking that person? That makes no sense.
1: Add another defense? What an idiot. <laughs> well, it's been fun, as always. Fun and frustrating. And now that fantasy's over, now that the Packers are eliminated, now we can just sit back and enjoy fully.
0: <laughs> Amen to that.
1: All right. And I think that's about it for this episode. We will hopefully be back next week to recap wildcard weekend and preview the divisional round. See you next time.
0: Bye everybody. Thank you for listening to the two M football podcast with Matt and Mike. Don't forget to follow us at our social media, both Twitter and Instagram. Look for our photo at two M football show. If you like what you heard, please tell your friends, family and others may be interested in listening to all of our shenanigans and remember we will see you next week on the gridiron